Episode 24, Debt Free After 3. Hey Chainers and welcome to Chain of Wealth. I'm your host, Dennis O'Brien. And I'm Katie Welsh. We're the hosts of Chain of Wealth. Today we're going to talk about student debt and the impact it has on society as a whole. The United States of America has quite a big problem in that people are left, well millennials in particular, are left with a huge amount of student debt. Dan, I feel like every person I know almost has student loans. Yeah, like I think what a lot of Americans don't really realize is that problem is an an American problem. It's not necessarily an international problem. And, you know, like a couple other first world countries like the United Kingdom has high student loan debt. But as an example, I'm South African. A lot of South Africans don't have any student loan debt. So immediately Americans are at a bit of a disadvantage. Yeah. The other day when we were at your Christmas party, we were talking to your friend who is also from South Africa. And he was talking about student loans that Americans are facing and everything. And as he was talking about it, I was so jealous (laughs) that he doesn't have any and neither do you. And it feels like for a long time, I kind of just accepted like, okay, well, everybody has student loans. Like that's just kind of part of life. Yeah. I think one of the sad things, though, is that many people just put it on the back burner and they don't really have an active plan to pay off their student loans. And as a result, they sit paying back this massive debt and interest for a very long period of time. And like we've spoken about with interest on many other episodes, that builds up very quickly. Yes. Well, today's guest, Zena, was a real motivation for me because she really worked it at paying off her student loans. And she also had a job where you don't typically make a lot of money, like how teachers do and everything. And if she was able to pay back her loan, then I think that gives me a lot of motivation to pay back mine. Awesome. Let's jump right into the interview. Welcome to Chain of Wealth. Here's your host, Dennis, inspiring you to begin your journey of financial freedom. Chainers, and welcome to another edition of Chain of Wealth. Today we have Zina Kumok with us. Zina is the founder of a blog, Debt Free After Three. A former sports writer, Zina has written for the Associated Press and has covered the New York Yankees, NBA Draft, and Final Four. Currently living out in Denver, she is a full-time freelance writer specialing in personal finance. She has taught several classes on budgeting, how to save money, and how other people can pay off their loans. Welcome, Welcome Zina. Zina. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. So, Zina, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So, um, I'm uh, raised in the South, Memphis, Tennessee, and um, got a journalism degree and while I was um, just started paying off my student loans, I again was living on like 28 grand a year as my first salary. So I really had to learn how to be frugal. And the more I read up on living frugally and you know, making smart decisions with your money, and you know, um, really living it firsthand, my interest in personal finance grew. And I'd always kind of been interested in it as a kid. Um, like my parents talked about money very frankly and openly. Uh, in a way, I think that a lot of people don't talk to their kids about money. But it wasn't until I was doing it by myself that I really learned a lot of those lessons firsthand. And it really made me curious and interested. So I started blogging about it in um, 2012. 
and you know it's just grown and, and now this is my full-time career fantastic so what would you say is one of the biggest money mistakes that you've learned from i think the biggest was just how much shopping i used to do <laughs> I mean, I was one of those people, like my friends would joke about how many clothes I had or, you know, when we were picking roommates, it was like, well, Zena needs the bigger closet. And it was never like Carrie Bradshaw level intensity. Like I wasn't, <laughs> it's not like I was buying designer clothes, but still, you know, going to Target or going to the mall, like that adds up really quickly. And it was just buying things that like maybe I didn't really need. And buying things, I think either I was bored or I was feeling sad. You know, a lot of uh, retail therapy, um, which I think is kind of bunk now, we found out. I think just mindless consumerism, I would say, was my biggest mistake. I can definitely agree. And I have lots of friends who, when they're feeling a little bit down, they go to the mall and they just are there for hours and they put tons and tons of money on their credit card. And... I've never been a big credit card shopper and I would just cringe when my girlfriends would come home and they would have like two huge handfuls of bags from like Macy's yeah. and Victoria's Secret and they're like, oh, get the angel card and everything. And I was like, no, I, I know more than that, not to do that. No, I, and I never like here, here's the good and bad of that. I never had credit card debt because of my spending, but um, in college, my parents paid for a lot of my expenses. So I also don't know, really know how much they racked up through their account, which is, um, might be the first time I've admitted that on air. <laughs> <laughs> it's a safe place. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to judge you here. This is a learning environment. <laughs> <laughs> so Zena, what is the common mistake that you see people making with their money? It's just ignorance and it's a fear of the unknown. Because, I mean, I think a lot of people probably check their bank accounts on a regular basis, you know, and or they pay their credit card bill and they know how much they spent. But I don't think people really do the math. Like, if you put all your expenses on a credit card, um, you know, it's going to be thousands of dollars probably. So how do you tackle that? And it's just kind of really scary to figure out. And I think what people don't know is how much they're spending on the individual things. Like... I can't tell you how many people I've coached and they've said, okay, I want to create a realistic budget and I'm going to, you know, pay down my debt or I'm going to save for a move or, you know, whatever big goal they have, like they want to achieve that. And we go over their expenses and they say, but this is how much I spend, this is how much I earn. And there's always a huge uh, gap. And I say, well, you know, according to this, you have like $500 left over a month. Clearly you don't because of what you're telling me. So that money is going somewhere. And they're always surprised at how much they're spending on things like groceries and eating out and shopping. And no one thinks they're a spendthrift. You know, everyone thinks they're pretty responsible because, again, the people I'm talking to, they're not living this extravagant lifestyle. But maybe they're going out to lunch almost every day or maybe they're going to the bars and getting a lot of drinks um, and maybe they're shopping a couple of times a month. And all of that adds up so quickly. Yep, it, it definitely does. So um, there's a section on your blog about your student loan repayment journey. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so like I said, I graduated, I think my total was 24000 in student loans, and I think it was twenty eight when I repaid it with interest. So 
I always knew, like, as a journalist that I wouldn't be making a lot of money. But in college, it's kind of hard to know what not making a lot of money looks like. Right. So I graduated, you know, moved into my first real apartment that I was paying for myself, got my car insurance, transferred in my name. And suddenly it hit me. And I realized this is what it feels like to not have enough money to do everything you want. Because I also wanted to be responsible and I wanted to save for retirement and start an emergency fund. But because I had student loans, you know, I kind of had to pick and choose. And my first payment, my first minimum payment was $350, which was 20% of my take-home pay. Wow. Yeah. So rent was like 35%. And then you add in gas, utilities, groceries, you know, suddenly most of your money is gone. And that's just like basics, like bills. And thankfully, I didn't have any other debt. And I just really hated being in debt, again, because it was such a large payment proportionate to my income. But mostly, I just felt like I'm paying for the mistakes of my past. And not that I really regret, you know, where I went to college and taking out student loans for that. I just hated the idea of feeling in debt. It just felt like someone was constantly stalking me and questioning like, hmm, you're going to you're gonna buy some ground beef? Like, shouldn't you buy, you know, something cheaper? Maybe you should eat some beans and rice. You know, it just felt like my money wasn't my own because I owed so much of it. And so I just really decided, you know what, I'm going to pay off my student loans as quickly as possible. And at first I went through my budget and decided, okay, anytime I get extra money, I'm just going to throw most of it toward my student loans, like a tax refund or a birthday check or a Christmas check, you know, things like that, that we all get occasionally. And I decided I'm going to put an extra $10 toward my loans every month. Like that's my commitment. And when I called my student loan provider, they told me that an extra $10 a month would make it so I pay off my student loans in nine years instead of 10. Again, nine years is a is a long amount of time. But I thought, okay, that's what $10 can do. That can take a whole year of payments off the table. And that made me really motivated because I started to think, well, okay, I can find $10. What if I find $20 or an extra $50 a month, you know, like, these changes can um, can have a really huge impact on my debt. It's really amazing the power of compound interest. Mm-hmm. And I can totally relate to your story about, you know, you pay your rent and then your student loan payment comes out and then you have no money because that's the exact same boat that I was in as a teacher and all my teacher friends, we would have to like do like a wine night at somebody's house or something because we were too broke to go anywhere to like have dinner together or anything because we were not making enough money to afford our rent and our student loan payment. So I can definitely appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, um, I would say the one good thing of being a journalist during that period of time was that we were all in the same boat. Um, since then and before then I've never worked somewhere where people weren't going out to lunch every day. Like people brought their own food Right. Um, and it was like a big deal if you went out to lunch. Um, and if you did, it was like McDonald's. Right. Um, right. <laughs> so, and then I remember like the next, next place I worked, people would always like ordering food. And I was like the weirdo who brought leftovers every day. And I remember a boss of mine said, like he was going, he was like gathering people to go out to lunch. And he was like, well, don't you have any fun? And part of it was like, the fun is not like going out to work with your coworkers. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> you know, for an hour max and at like some crappy restaurant that just happens to be a few blocks from the office. And I was like, that adds up really quickly. And when you're only budgeting like $50 a month on entertainment, $15 on lunch is a huge part of that. Yeah, it's massive. Yeah, that is a really <laughs> big part. So you were able to pay off all your student loans and then you made a course about it. Can you tell us about that course? Yeah. So, you know, when I was paying off my student loans, like my friends didn't really ask my advice. And then after I paid them off, suddenly everyone was like, oh, how did you do it? So the course is really, you know, um, a lot of it is personal finance 101. It explains, you know, what your tax withholding means and explains like the basics of investing and choosing a retirement plan. But really it shows like, okay, you have to go through your budget and you have to itemize every expense and you have to put it in a category and you just have to really, you know, reconcile like what you're spending, what you're spending it on. Um, all of that stuff really matters. So it's very much a baby steps program. This isn't for people who already know a lot about money or budgeting. It's really someone who feels overwhelmed and scared and doesn't know where to begin. Okay. And yeah, that is for a lot of people, I feel like you ha there are two peop two types of people. There are the people who really know finances and like have it together. And then there are the other people who basically know not to overdraft their bank account. So it's really great that you made that course for people to have somewhere to go. What is one of the things that you wish you knew back when you were paying off your loan? So one of my biggest mistakes is I didn't refinance my student loans. And um, it just wasn't as much, there weren't as many companies around. But again, like, I just didn't really know it was an option. Um, and so nowadays I tell people, like, if they have high interest rates like I did, they should really try to refinance. And a lot of people assume that you need, like, a really high income or a perfect credit score. But there are companies that, you know, their minimum income requirement is, like, 24 grand, which a lot of people can qualify for. So, um and if you refinance, you, know, you can take thousands and thousands on interest and pay off your loans early, especially if you if you keep making the same payments as you were before, you'll pay off that debt even faster. So um, I know a lot of people don't like to refinance the federal loans because there are a lot of benefits you get. But if you're paying like 7 10% interest and you can get qualified for 4% interest, you know, you can save a lot of money. Definitely makes a big difference. So now that you're no longer in debt, what are you doing with your saving habits really? <laughs> yeah. So um, right now my husband and I want to buy a house next year. So we've been aggressively saving for a down payment and um, just to continuing to invest and grow our retirement accounts. Good for you. Fantastic. Good luck with the house buying process. Yeah, it's going to be a pain. Um, being self-employed is not what mortgage lenders like to see no no, no but you'll get through it. i bought a house us. in florida and everybody has always talked about how horrible it is and i went in expecting it to be completely terrible and it was stressful and like i had a lot of anxiety and like i was excited to move in but overall like it really wasn't that bad so i think you'll be okay yeah i'm sure it's you know it's like doing your taxes once you do it once you kind of feel comfortable with it <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> 
Awesome. Chainers, we're just going to take a quick break and say thanks to our sponsors, and then we're going to dive right back into the value link round. Chainers, if you're looking to save some extra money each and every month while you sleep, head over to chainofwealth.com slash Airbnb. Katie's written an awesome guide on how to host an Airbnb in your own apartment, house, wherever you're living. The best part is it's passive income and you're earning income as you sleep. And if you have any free space in the house, it makes so much sense to do. So head over to chainofwealth.com slash Airbnb to find out more. So Zena, why do you think that people fail at achieving their dreams? I think it's really easy to set a goal and it's harder to set, to decide what you need to do to get there. So, you know, we all have dreams and things and, um, I really, the only thing stopping you is from knowing the right steps to do to get there and then implementing them. Um, and sometimes I think like I'm a full-time freelancer. I've been freelancing full-time for two years and being self-employed is, you know, every day is kind of a battle. And I talk to people all the time who are, want to be self-employed, want to get started freelance writing. And I tell them, you know, I spent a year basically just doing it on the side and I would come home, work out, walk my dog, make dinner real quick, and then work until like midnight. Um, and that story isn't really sexy or glamorous. It's not a get rich quick scheme. Um, it's not even a get rich slow scheme. It's just kind of like, a, okay, well, you know, I decided this is something I wanted to do. And um, it took about a year to, to really build things up. And I think a lot of people might hear that and think, well, God, you have to spend a year doing that, but it's worth it now. Um, so I really feel like the big difference is either people don't know like how to get from point A to point B, or they do know, but they're just not willing to do the work to get there. 100%. It takes a lot of time and effort and dedication, really. You, you have to set your mind to achieve something and really put your head to the grindstone and, and make a plan to get there and be consistent. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Zena, do you have any other books or podcasts like you can recommend? Yeah, so um, this is uh, probably the least original recommendation. But when I was in early high school, I think early middle school, I read The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. And um, again, it's like very basic, which is probably why I liked it as a 12-year-old. Um, and I didn't have a lot of friends in the neighborhood. Um, but it's, you know, it's really just like the basics of personal finance and Dave uses real people stories to illustrate examples. And it always made me feel really inspired to hear about someone who had, you know, 20 grand in credit card debt and they paid it off in a year. Um, it always made me feel like anything was possible. And another one I really like is all the money in the world by Laura Vanderkam who's not even a personal finance expert. She's actually like a time management and productivity specialist, but she writes about, you know, how to use money to make you happy in this really real way. Um, and she doesn't say like, stop going to Starbucks every day to get your latte. She says, if your latte truly makes you happy and you love seeing the people at Starbucks know your name and it brightens your morning, go ahead, spend your money on it. But 
if having a house cleaner come twice a month would alleviate, you know, hours of, of time spent cleaning and make you really happy, do that. So she comes at it from this point of view that's not all about scarcity and making your own laundry detergent. I agree with some bloggers. It's really about, you know, identify what you really want and then look at your budget and figure out what you don't really want or what you want, maybe not as much, and cut that and, and just figure out how to get there. Great. And do you have a favorite quote that you'd like to live by? I'm just going to, again, quote, like, the most basic um, Dave Ramsey quote, uh, which is, live like no one else, so later you can live like no one else. When I was paying off my student loans, even though I have friends who probably weren't earning that much more than me or maybe their student loans were the same amount as me, I feel like I didn't really have the experience that, that you did. Like we, My friends weren't really trying to sit around at home. Like on a Friday night, they wanted to go out and like go out to eat. and It really sucked like saying no. And I don't know if people thought I just wasn't fun or that I didn't like them. <laughs> but especially when you're in a new city trying to meet new people. Sometimes you have to be the person that says, hey, I have a fun idea. Let's go to Costco and shop for groceries. Like my friend Jess and I would go to Costco and like get our groceries done. And like we'd get like a Costco hot dog for $1.50. And that was our afternoon fun. So things like that, like, I think you have to be prepared to do what other people aren't doing. You have to be prepared to go against the grain if you really want to achieve something. Yeah, and it's definitely easier said than done when you're in the moment and everybody is talking about going out and then you're at home. So it definitely takes a lot of determination to get that done. Yeah. Or even going out and just limiting yourself to like one drink. Right. Or avoiding poverty, you know, things like that. Yeah. So, Zena, you have given us so much great advice. How can our listeners get in touch with you? Yeah. So, I still blog regularly, even though I'm debt free. Um, I still, you know, share my money advice at debtfreeafter3.com, all spelled out. And if you want to take the course, um, it is available at studentloanknockout.com. Great. Awesome. Zena, do you have any other last parting piece of advice? And then we'll say goodbye. Yeah, you know, I think if you if you want to pay off your student loans or retire early, anything is possible. You don't have to be a finance expert to do this. I'm certainly not. I'm learning new things every day. You just, you know, have to be curious and be willing to face your fear. Awesome. Chainers, we've been hanging out with Zena Kumich, the founder of DebtFreeAfter3.com. Go check it out. There's some great material on the site. Chainers, if you enjoyed hanging out with us and Zena today, head over to ChainOfWealth.com and subscribe for our newsletter. We'll send you updates of the latest episodes and give you an insight into some financial tips and tricks you can implement today. That's ChainOfWealth.com and sign up. Catch you on the flip side. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. 
And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.